we've seen basically ROI go down by something like 40% and spending go down by 25%. Did Apple kill mobile growth? If you're in the mobile app or marketing spaces, you know that over the past few years, there's been a great disturbance in the force. Apple increased privacy regulations for apps that essentially killed how apps used to measure their growth or discover new audiences or send you a reminder that those shoes you were going to buy are still in your cart. Facebook complained at the time that this would hurt small business. They took out big ads in the Wall Street Journal, other places. But life kind of sort of went on and most of us forgot about it except for those in the business. Growth slowed, profitability went down, and now one company says they've solved it. They figured out a way to drive growth via advertising that is both completely privacy safe and Apple compliant and almost as good as the old days of free data for everybody. To chat about it, we're chatting with Singular CEO, Gadi Eliashev. Welcome to Tech First. Thanks so much, John. It's a pleasure being here. Hey, it's a real pleasure to have you. And full disclosure, I consult for Singular, so I just got to be tougher on you. <laughs> <laughs> Where are all the skeletons? Where are the bones buried? <laughs> Let's start here. High level. What's the problem? Uh, well, I guess the, the, the biggest, most obvious problem is that um, performance really went down. Um, and uh, a lot of digital businesses... Uh, especially in the mobile space, just uh, were so reliant on seeing very clear or measurable performance from their marketing. And because of all the privacy changes and a skin network and all the complications, we've seen basically ROI go down by something like 40% and spending go down by 25%. Basically, it became much harder for companies to acquire the right users and re-engage them. Uh, that's a pretty broad impact, I would say. Why does anybody but a marketer care about that? Um, so I guess, you know, anyone who works for a company that has some sort of digital product is impacted by it. And I think we're all seeing the stock market go crazy right now. But even within all the turbulence, you're seeing certain businesses getting even more impacted. Like we've seen some of the public ed networks getting a lot of issues in their stock price because of uh, possible slowdown related to the Apple changes. And we even see some networks kind of lower their guidance for the remaining of the, of the rest of the year because they're, they're just worried their advertisers can't effectively run marketing. And as a result, we'll just sit down. So I guess this had an impressive economic impact on every business. Even if you're not in the marketing department, you get paid by one of these companies or one of these companies buys your product as a result or something. It could be, a, it could be part of that well that's interesting right i mean we saw facebook was materially impacted by it for at least a couple quarters uh snap was significantly impacted by it i think they've recovered since but their stock dipped massively uh, pinterest had some issues twitter had some issues many of the major platforms had some issues here okay so there's a problem what's the solution so i guess uh the First thing is, you know, the, maybe the first solution is to kind of realize that uh, Apple was pretty serious about what they're doing and they, they released this new framework for measurement. So people got to adopt it. I'm kind of repeating myself. We've been saying that for two years now, but, um, <laughs> you know, some marketers are relying on fingerprinting and now there's this entire, uh, fear that, oh no, what happens if Apple cracks down on it even more? And, you know, so first of all, it's kind of waking up and realizing, um, you got to use the more official mechanisms and. By the way, as an anecdote, we already see 
80 plus percent of the spend running on scan from our data, maybe even more. So it's here and it's widely adopted, but the problem is that um, it, it, it's, it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's really hard to make it work. So, so let me pause you for just half a second there because I'll fill in some background information for anybody who's not super in the in industry. You mentioned fingerprinting. That's a way of tracking devices. So a marketer wants to know, I placed an ad there. It did this and I got that in return. And fingerprinting is a way to do that. Before Apple introduced its new privacy measures with SKAD network, app tracking, transparency, all that stuff, people used the IDFA, the identifier for advertisers on iOS, and they used the GAID, which is still around, Google's ad ID, on Android. And Apple's changes essentially killed the IDFA. It's still around possibly in a few small cases, but it's it's very rare. It's hard to get these days and hard to use. So people are having difficulty connecting an ad with an impact and therefore an ROI and therefore growth. And so Apple released something called Scan or SK Ad Network, which does that in a privacy safe way. Now you're saying there's problems with SK Ad Network. What are the problems? So one of the biggest problems is that the granularity of resolution that marketers used to have just disappeared or vanished, right? All for the sake of privacy and Apple took a pretty extreme approach and very fundamental, uh, reports or measures that marketers used to have, uh, are simply very challenging to get or, or even impossible. For example, most companies had some form of a KPI they carried by like can perform key performance indicator whether it's revenue or signups, and they wanted to know how long does it take until we recover our investment? What is the cost for whatever uh, first deposit or sign up or lead? Um, and essentially they want to know their ROI for trying on investment, right? If I spend a million dollars on advertising, how much am I getting back? And because of a skin network, that suddenly became um, incredibly difficult, right? So uh, I would say, you know, that the high level is that it became harder to run effective marketing and figure out if it works or not. Your solution, what does it do? So what we did is we um, essentially took the basic framework of SK network, which by the way, to even just making that thing work is an entire complicated uh, thing that you need a provider for, and we have an excellent solution, but that's just the basics, just getting the system to work. All we've done is we took um, all the data from SK network, as well as other first party data we can get from the application. And we started building modeling and, you know, machine learning models that try and solve for some of the really big gaps that SDN network introduced. For example, I previously mentioned people wanted to know return on investment, or they wanted to do what's called a cohort analysis. They wanted to know that after seven days, we had recuperated certain amount of our investment. Those reports just are non-existent. So what we do now is we use a combination of, um, um, prediction and try to model what that revenue would look like while either doing it kind of instantaneously and doing a prediction or even looking at the data seven days later and then trying to solve for which of this revenue belongs to which campaign, kind of reconstructing those cohorts and, you know, trying not to keep it, not to make it too geeky, but the deal there is just to give you back cohorts or the other big problem is, um, this kid network hides data from you, sensors data. So reconstructing that missing data and giving you back the reports that marketers used to have before all this changed the game. So we think those are fundamental tools that will help marketers just change how they operate fundamentally and just be able to run more effective marketing. 
So you're getting back missing data. You're getting back missing cohorts and reports, KPIs that you were hoping to have, that you used to have and that you, you don't have right now. That's great. But how accurate is it? That's the amazing part is actually, I was kind of skeptical when we started, but you know, we've been researching this for a really long time. And I was wondering like, well, how accurately can you reconstruct some of this data around predictions? And our research showed that uh, on average, we could get to something like 87, 90% accuracy, which is pretty amazing because, you know, you, you, you kind of need to observe a small amount of data. And then over time you get more data and you kind of improve your model and you kind of fit it for each app or each uh, asset, but the accuracy the team managed to get was pretty impressive. So I was kind of blown away by it, to be honest. Interesting. Does each new client that comes on board get that immediately, or does it take the model a little bit of time to get up to speed on each new app with a slightly different audience, slightly different app, slightly different vertical, whatever it might be? So I think the nice thing is a lot of our customers have been giving us a ton of data for such a long time. And also if you have Android assets. We kind of also get an air sample from Android that's kind of un, um, obfuscated as well. So we, if you're an existing customer, we have a ton of data for you. And therefore, you know, we'll be able to do it pretty, pretty quickly. And usually if a new customer comes in and they onboard, then there is that onboarding stage that they need to do anyway when they start sending data to our platform. So we, we usually train that super quickly and, and iterate from there. Interesting. And of course, there's a ton of data because this is all high speed mobile stuff, right? So you're talking likely millions of events in a week for for high volume customers. So you, you train machine learning models pretty quickly on that volume of data, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if anyone that knows Singular or know our customers, we have a time in the um, like top 1000 companies in the world. A lot of them are our customers and their scale is just insane. So our, um, the scale that we handle in our backend is, is massive. And so that's part of the challenge in this project is like, you kind of do it as an, as an academic, uh, theoretical exercise, that's one thing, but if you got to deploy this at scale for the type of customers we have at enterprise, it's just a whole different game. Talk about some of those customers who's using it right now. What results are they getting? So I think there's. You know, three key customers that we chose to start with. And I mean, by now, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of customers using the SK network capabilities, but some of the pioneers I've worked with were, first of all, Rovio, um, company behind Angry Birds. I'm sure a lot of people know that and they've played that at some point. Uh, um, and, you know, they're billions of Knock those towers down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think they absolutely love the game. Um, and, and one of the things I would say about Rovio is that they've been, pioneering entertainment in the space of SK network pretty much from the beginning. Um, they did not settle for any workarounds. They chose that as a common strategy. And in fact, they were um, one of the first, maybe the first industry case study to how, you know, the MAP and a customer together are solving for SK network. We did a webinar with them last year. And actually, we have another webinar at the end of this month, at the end of this quarter, actually, where we're going to talk about their learnings from a year later. So they've been a great partner. Um, and they're doing a lot of cool things in their setup. Uh, the other company is Kiwi Games. Um, and what's interesting there is that we really were able to connect with the technical team and solve some of the fundamental data challenges, like being able to uh, answer some of the critical questions the marketers care about. Also being able to collect uh, this data and then push it back to the BI. And you know, one interesting anecdote is you could see that in, in that company, we actually, we work with the CTO, right? It's not just the marketing team. So if you have a question, why does why should anyone who's not a marketer care? Well, 
clearly, you know, other folks in the organization care a lot. Uh, and then lastly, Spaceship Games, which is also an amazing company. And one of the things that are interesting there is another layer of complexity where your revenue doesn't just come from in-app purchases, but it also comes from ads that you're sharing in your product. So imagine now that your customer's value is comprised of two things. And, and you now you need to layer a scan network on top of all that complexity, which gets even more fun, right? Or prediction on top of it. So definitely, you know, very interesting uh, use cases. And, you know, the three examples I chose are gaming, but obviously we have a lot of non-key customers. We just, you know, um, stable women on privacy with Lyft in, 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 I think, what is it, like uh, two weeks, uh, when we're going to talk about their, their privacy solution. So like any vertical really needs to solve these problems. And, you might find different solutions for different verticals, but um, uh, but yeah, we're always happy to elaborate on these use cases. It is interesting though, in terms of gaming, is that those companies are often very much on the forefront of innovation. Yeah. <laughs> reaching out oh. to new customers, finding new ways of finding them and onboarding them. Uh, so that makes some sense. So if somebody is a marketer and they are looking at, lack of data, missing data on mobile, um, this solution provides it? Absolutely. And I think they, I think folks sometimes may not even realize how bad or missing the data is, uh, or some teams are just, um, just afraid of dealing with that to a certain extent. And so I think you got to conquer your fear and, uh, you're more than welcome to reach out to our team and kind of do a consultation with us. Like we've seen. I, I was shocked. We've seen massive companies, like publicly traded massive companies where they come in and say, guys, we're just lost with this SK network stuff. It's just intense. So don't feel bad, <laughs> you, you know, come in and talk to us because it is complex and we've spent many, many hours we over, over the last, I don't know how many years researching that stuff and trying to come up with good solutions. It's just, it's complicated. Let's end here. Um, we know that privacy is something that is not going away. In fact, it's accelerating. There's more and more legislation about it ever, every month. It seems like we hear of significant new developments out of Europe. Uh, we're starting to see, uh, interest in perhaps a national law in the U S there isn't right now. There's a privacy law in California, a few others here and there, there's child protection laws, but there isn't sort of a national privacy law for internet and apps and stuff like that. Uh, we also see that marketers want to be able to drive their brands and grow their business. How do you see this evolving over the next three to five years? Yeah, I think that, um, what I believe I'm going to see in the next three to five years is a reality where, um, you can have privacy dramatically better than what it is today. Because I mean, all these moves that Apple did, the core, then they're good for the consumer, right? They might be bad eventually if it's a really bad experience, et cetera, but, but they are improving privacy. So I improve, I believe there's a universe where privacy gets a lot better, but marketing is still something that you can do effectively. Companies will know how to grow. The tools will evolve, you know, become easier. And I see, um, things like privacy sandbox by Android coming out, which is actually a dramatically better version of a scale network. So that actually is not going to be even that, uh, horrible. <laughs> um, and who knows, you might see a scale network improving, right? And that all contributes to the fact that you got privacy, you get marketing and they can coexist together. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a rise of other alternative methods of measurement. 
whether it is, you know, media mix model making a, um, sort of becoming more and more apparent as, as another method of, of measurement, maybe other methods of that, you know, will be developed. Uh, and, um, I think that that's what we're going to see. I'm going to see a future where, um, you will be able to, uh, feel rather protected. There'll be a lot of awareness for privacy, uh, but marketing will be, um, effective and possibly even better than what it was a couple of years ago, because all this awareness to how attribution works by companies like Google and Apple means they also take the time to secure the data a bit more. So things like fraud could actually be a lot better, um, when, you know, things like SK network or privacy sandbox are, you know, well, that's probably good news because uh, privacy has always been a big deal, obviously, and uh, it was a big deal in the desktop world, uh, but it got to be a bigger deal in the mobile world because guess what? That's a three-foot device that's always near our bodies, yeah. right? And it's the most personal computing device. And as we move forward into a metaverse world, an augmented reality <laughs> world, a VR world, a Ready Player One world, that's even more personal and even more of our personalities being expressed online digitally in spaces, environments that are yep. technologically created. Thank you so much, Gotti, for this time. Do appreciate it.